glad you can make it this year. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's very kind of you to invite us both to Christmas on Tracy Island. Can we open our presents now, Dad? Oh, sure. But you must call me Santa. Yeah, I don't like the sound of that. Go to your room, Gordon, and let's have no more of this childishness. Oh, pointless family arguments already? Well, now it really feels like Christmas. Oh, I see Marina's already opened my present to her. Well, Marina, what do you think? What is it? Well, it's one of those text-to-speech things. Uh, see, you just type in what you want to say here, and then hit the button. Hi, Marina. See? You try. Hello, my name is Marina. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. This is very kind of you. Open your present now. Okay, here we go. Hmm. Well, this looks very interesting. Uh, what is it? It's a plug-in memory module for the randomizer, containing all the Jerry Anderson films and a few surprises. I thought you could use it on Christmas or other special occasions. Well, that is very useful. Thank you very much. I'll just plug it in here, press the big red button, and away we go. How are you getting on with your machine, by the way? See, the great thing about it is it comes with a variety of accents for you to choose from. Uh, American? Hi, I'm Marina. German? Guten Abend, ich heiße Marina. Spanish? Oh, it's coming up with an error message. Was machst du? Well, I'm just trying to get it off German, but uh, it, w I, th I think I've broken it. Oh, the randomizer printout. Well, Marina, your present to me certainly works fine. It's only gone and given us Thunderbirds are go. Das ist sehr gut. Yeah, isn't it? Aber du bist ein Dummkopf. I know. So, by popular request over the last... Um, how long have I been doing this now? Year and a bit? We are now at the first of our Jerry Anderson movies on the randomizer. I know a lot of people have been uh, wanting these, and uh, I think going forward I will try to uh, include various little... Uh, special bits and pieces along the way. It doesn't always have to be just episodes. We can have films too, but only on special occasions. And Thunderbirds Argo is certainly the uh, the biggest and most well-known, I would say, of the Jerry Anderson movies. I hate this shot of the planet behind the uh, the Thunderbirds Argo logo, by the way. I, I assume that's meant to be Mars, but it looks very ropey. It's a very, um, considering how spectacular so much of this film is. I mean, it's a visually stunning film, if nothing else. That shot of the spinning globe looks, um, is a bit naff. Bit naff. But it's so great to see uh, a Jerry Anderson series make the leap to, to the big screen like this. And of course, if any, any of them deserved it, it was Thunderbirds. Um, and here we have new, well, not new, because uh, everything about the film is new. Uh, slightly different opening titles than we are used to, giving credit to all the Tracy brothers and, of course, Lady Penelope. Which is a nice, uh, effective opening. I think they're sort of assuming that most of the viewers of this film would be at least somewhat familiar with the TV series it's based on. And if they are at all familiar with that series, then they will know it includes... Uh, some wonderful music and some wonderful special effects in this opening sequence of Zero X being assembled. Rolling out to this um, gorgeous Barry Gray theme is, uh, is almost a film in its own right, this assembly sequence. Uh, 
and of course, yep, rather than roll out the vehicle, we move the entire building because, uh, yeah, that's that's easier. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever actually looked into in real life how how practical or cost-effective it is to uh, move an entire building rather than just a vehicle. Clear launch apron. Zero X moving into position. And I also really like the design of of Zero X and particularly the the MEV section. Just this lovely chrome blue and the the red stripes that of course that that motif continues onto the uh, the launch control building itself in these uh, these lifting bodies that are now rolling out to join the main body. All fuel tankers should now retire to a special area. And I think we can see here certainly. Uh, when compared to something like Fireball XL5, they've taken a bit more real-world inspiration from having watched all those uh, rocket launches and such in real life. Seeing that it, it isn't just, you know, we're going to take off now, whoosh, away we go in our space rocket. There's a bit more build-up and preparation to this, so I think Zero X kind of reflects that more, more real-world uh, spacecraft aesthetic. That uh, I think would would carry on into uh, Captain Scarlet and Joe Ninety, and onto the live action stuff. In fact, so Zero X is a nice hybrid of uh, the old fashioned e fireball rocket type vehicles and uh, and what was to come in the future. This is assembly control calling all Zero X units. All radio beacons are go. Countdown continues. Now, as visually stunning as this uh, opening is. Um, I, I, yeah, a lot of people have commented on the fact that it is exceptionally slow and laboured. I mean, I just took a break there to uh, uh, to actually put my, put my pyjamas on, in fact, and uh, I, I've come back and I haven't really missed anything. And I don't know if it's if the problem is that they, they just really want to show off like big screen spectacle right out of the gate, or if they're... They're just not sure how to uh, to front load a, an, an exciting opening for this. Because while it looks very nice, it's um we're now just sort of crawling down the side of the uh, control building. Oh, and there's the MEV. Oh, I love the MEV. I love the MEV. Um, yeah, some some interesting RT type shots here of the uh, controller descending down a tube in his little uh, control desk. And then sort of gliding like a Dalek towards the uh, the Zero X crew, who presumably have been sat there just staring at an empty hole in the floor waiting for him to turn up. Dr. Pierce, Paul, Greg, Brad. Now this is a tough assignment. And if this mission is successful, you will be the first men to land on Mars. This project has been... Sir, hasn't uh, Fireball XL5 already been there on multiple occasions? Nope. Safety of the crew and passengers still takes top priority. Right, this is it. And now, uh, finally, the cr the uh, credits actually start rolling. We are seven minutes and forty seconds into this before the credits start rolling. Um, and that music is back. Oh, that music helps helps this enormously. But oh, I I can only assume that. They were just banking on sort of, whoa, look how cool this all looks. Look how, how we can build this ship and how intricate it is. And whoa, 
but mm, this is uh, this is the kind of thing that the fast forward button on your remote is for. It's 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 so hard to talk about this this sequence. Visually stunning, beautifully designed, spectacular music, but yeah. I don't think this quite works. I can see what they were going for, and maybe at the time, um, you know, on first viewing up on that big screen, it was uh, it did everything that uh, Anderson and the team hoped it would do. But now it's. I feel mean for saying that I'm not keen on this opening, but I'm not. It's lovely to look at, but I just kind of wish time being spent setting up the Zero X was being spent on, uh, I don't know, things like characters, maybe? This is Central Control. Ignition 18 seconds. This is a gorgeous shot of the, the fully completed Zero X waiting on the tarmac with its, uh, its um, thrusters sort of smouldering and the police cars around with little flashing lights. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful ship, the Zero X. And to be honest, yeah, I'm kind of glad that we we didn't see this in the TV show. It's great that this machine got the uh, the benefit of the uh, the big screen treatment. It really deserves it. It's a stunning piece of work. And going back to the issue of um, the Zero X crew being the first men to land on Mars, uh, it does rather scuttle the theory that. Uh, all of the Jerry Anderson shows take place in the same universe. Uh, it's not the only thing that um, that sort of torpedoes that theory, but around this time it was uh, being very heavily promoted in the TV21 comic, and I think it works within the world of the comic because now you've got all the characters in in you know, Fireball, Stingray, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet. They're all designed to look more or less the same. It makes sense that they can cross over and meet up and um, you know, there's that little bit of cross-pollination from time to time. But, you know, the fact that we're supposed to believe that if Fireball and Thunderbirds took place in the same universe, that humanity travelled all over the universe to planets beyond numbering almost, but we never went to, to Mars. I, uh, I, I don't buy that. In the comic, absolutely, no question. I, I absolutely buy into the, the shared universe continuity of TV21, but not so much on the the screen. I mean, some of these shows aren't even compatible with themselves for, uh, for contradicting each other. Anyway, enough of that. There's a suspicious character stowed away aboard Zero X taking pictures. Roger. Ooh. But he's got his foot... Somewhere where he really shouldn't have his foot, if he doesn't want it, to get crushed, and this makes me wince. Oh, that is nasty. I mean, that would be nasty in, in UFO or 1999, but that's really nasty for Thunderbirds. Now, of course, it's the hood. This uh, brand new, for this film only, I think, uh, Pained expression face. Controls jammed. Jammed. Oh, you see his teeth and everything. And, oh. Blood. Blood. Yeah, the hood is, uh. 
well and truly got his foot gnarled up in the Zero X. system is jammed. Nose is dropping. Ejecting nose cone. Which, of course, as you might expect for a Jerry Anderson vehicle, is going to break everything. Zero X is going down. And for Thunderbirds, this is a surprisingly graphic thing for a character to go through. I mean, even a villain. Zero X control. Even, you know, the Hood. Um, who obviously, you know, is a very, very nasty chap. But he... Oh, yeah. With the last we saw of him in in the TV show, he uh, he was um, hanging off the side of a cliff, complaining about um, oh, curse those stupid boys, and then he fell off the cliff. You know, he was um, kind of veered between sort of the Captain Black serious violence and the uh, the sort of more cuddly Master Spy and X Two Zero y uh, sort of comedy comedy villainy. But here he, um... Yeah, oh, that foot thing. That foot thing. That looks so painful. And there's blood dripping off his sock. Oh, leaving a trail as he crawls along. I can't remember any Anderson production, actually. <sighs> With the exception of that bit in Space 1999 that got cut from End of Eternity, having so much blood. I know there was blood in the puppet shows, but it's, um... Yeah, ooh, such a nasty injury. Anyway, the Hood's had enough for today, he's jumping out. I'm ordering crew to eject. Repeat, eject. Probably he's gonna have a very uncomfortable landing on that foot as well. SE Rescue is on its way. See? We have planes. And some of these are reused models from the TV show, some of which are brand new, and of course, you know, the Zero X, this huge, in fact, this huge epic build-up of watching it all be assembled, and now it's just dropping out of the sky. Coming back now. All because of the hood and his boot. You'd think that a, a huge spacecraft like that wouldn't um, instantly break just because somebody jammed their boot in a thingy, but oh, here we go. Here we go. Now, spectacular as a lot of the effects in this are, one I'm not so keen on, it's just about to come up here, Zero X crashing into the sea because it does that thing that always always just bugs me where this huge vehicle crashes and then we cut to an explosion, a smaller explosion than the vehicle should allow, happening slightly off the point of the crash. But it's a lovely shot of the... Uh, Xerox escape unit landing in the water. They've all made it out okay. But, uh... Xerox is no more. You've now had time to study the very fine report that has been produced by our aviation investigators. We at the Martian Exploration Center wish to thank those concerned for their untiring efforts in this direction. Mess? You named your organization Mess? Hmm. And meticulously describes every happening that led up to the crash 24 months. So here we are in the uh, MES well conference room, I guess. It's very again now before we a very stylized set, lots of uh, black and bronze squares on the floor and uh, Yeah, it's got a contrast with the, the blue of the uh, the uh, space people's uniforms. They're all voting on this report thingy. For your unanimous support. 
I do wonder to what extent the report actually acknowledged the Hood's involvement. Did they find his mask? Did they find his foot? Well, not his foot jammed in the trim. His um, his boot. Can I take it that I have your approval for this too? Well, we never know. Anyway, Mr. Chairman wants to know if they should send another Zero X to Mars. Everybody seems on board with it. Bar one. We're getting this nice, long, slow pan down a, a line of very familiar faces from uh, Thunderbirds TV series. There's Eddie Kerr and, uh, of course, Commander Norman. We're going down to a character known as Angry Young Man. I think our security arrangements are inadequate and would suggest that we ask International Rescue to be present at the next launching. Are you suggesting, sir, that we're incapable of handling our own security arrangements? I have 862 pages here, sir, which say just that. So I don't quite know why he's called Angry Young Man. He sounds a bit more sort of timid, um, middle-aged type man. But anyway, and that's the last we see of... Um, that's a very, very impressive set to, to use on just one scene. But then that's... Um, that's this film in a nutshell where it can spend so much time... On, on sets and vehicles and things and kind of um, you know, not not focus on uh, the characters side of things so much but we are seeing here that a lot of money has gone on updating and revamping Tracy Island which looks absolutely beautiful especially in HD well father take off a schedule for tomorrow morning you'll have to make a decision soon dad even if it's no this is a tough one I know how you boys feel. I guess you're raring to go. And this is an odd introduction for the uh, International Rescue Gang, the Tracy family, considering that um, this is not as scripted or as filmed to the first point where we saw them in this this movie, because there was originally a bit where Jeff filmed a response um, that was broadcast via a TV company, basically saying, you know, thanks, but no thanks, we're not going to help. Zero X. I think that's the gist of it. Obviously, I've never seen it because, uh, as far as anybody knows, it it probably doesn't exist. Launch Thunderbird two and follow Scott to Glenfield. So again, this scene rather assumes that everybody watching this is uh, going to be a Thunderbirds fan who knows all about these people. Three and orbit the Earth until zero. Anyway, everyone's getting some jobs to do here, except for. What about me, Father? Well, it's unlikely. Which one are you again? Aren't you the one in space? No, you're the other one who... Thunderbirds are go! Poor old Gordon. So with a feature film budget comes new launch sequences for the Thunderbirds craft. New interior model sets. And we're, for once, I think we're actually seeing... Um, Thunderbirds 1, 2, and 3 going off together, which means we don't have to watch one vehicle launch in its entirety. We get to see all of them, which uh, I think is a, it's a nice change of pace. It's nice to mix that up a bit. And some of these shots look amazing, but uh, as always, the, 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 the effect shots with the minifigures... There was a minifigure of Scott, there was a minifigure of Alan. They never look particularly impressive. But, oh, new Thunderbirds 1, 2, and 3 footage. You pool. Oh, but some things never change, of course. 
the lemon squeezer still on the side of Thunderbird 1 hangar. Oh, and there's Gordon watching them go with his sad face on. Meanwhile, presumably John in Thunderbird 5 is uh, hasn't even been consulted about all this. Because it's only a spaceship that they're going to be protecting. It's uh, it's not like it's going to involve him. Being up in space and all. The saboteurs, do you think they will strike again? What's the time, Denton? Just about 11 o'clock, Mr. Tracy. That I makes it my about pills today. I'm in England. Tea time. I... I'm hungry. Mr. Tracy. Well, those saboteurs you were talking about. If they do strike again, I know just the person to take care of them. Oh, I wish you'd gone for Jeremiah. Jeremiah could sort out the saboteurs. But no, there's only one lady to call. And there she is. Very good, lady. And I'm not, not sure to what extent the uh, interior set of Creighton Ward uh, Mansion was was revamped for the film. I know the, the Tracy Island Lounge set was. This looks roughly the same as it did in the the show, but it's probably there's probably so much extra detail there that I can't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of those people who can stare at a shot from Thunderbirds and go, "Aha! That was filmed February '65, and it was a Tuesday, quite a wet day, and I can tell by the uh, fingerprint smudge on that puppet's cheek who was operating them that day." I I wish I was, because I can. I greatly admire the people who can do that, but. Uh, I'm afraid I can't, unless it's got a great big arrow next to it pointing out uh, various changes. I'm afraid I just... There's a uh, big press conference tomorrow evening. I, I just miss a lot of that detail. You rang, belated? Yes, Parker. Get out the Rolls Royce. I'll call the airport. We're taking off for America with Fab One immediately. And another dropped scene there, I believe, was that they went to America on the Fire Flash. But we don't get to see the Fire Flash in this film, and that's a real shame because I, I assume again that they wouldn't have relied on stock footage for the Fire Flash. So to see a big screen version of the Fire Flash, oh, that would have been something special. But uh, sadly, we don't. We do have a lovely shot of Thunderbird 2 coming into land here, though. So uh, you know, it's not all bad. By tomorrow morning, Thunderbird 3 will be in the correct orbital position to keep an eye on the launch path, and we've got all our gear here. Thanks. I guess that's all we can do for the moment. And just hope that nobody else in the world needs international rescue, because if they do, they're, um, well, they're stuck with Gordon. Gordon and Thunderbird 4. And we're back to the Zero X launch sequence. Or, or are we? Oh. Thunderbird 1 and 2 looking lovely there. Commence Zero X free flight assembly. Thunderbird 2. Strange as well that the um, the guy, this uh, Glenfield controller, he evidently has nobody working for him. He, he gives a lot of orders, but we don't see any any staff hanging about the place. Okay, Scott, in orbit. And Penelope and Parker are still loitering around. Now, Parker. Tracking something. What could that be about? As if we didn't know. As if I didn't know, because I've seen this. Oh, I've seen this film so many times. Good. That's all right. We're checking off the signals. 
on the St. Christopher's, because each one has got a little transmitter built into the uh, the back of it to keep track of the crew in case of trouble. Channel 5, belady. Trouble, Parker. They're not showing home and away today, Parker. I won't be able to get my usual fix of Alf Stewart. Oh, what's the trouble, Lady Penelope? Number 5, negative. Okay, Penelope, here's what Number 5, not alive? The countdown must continue, otherwise we miss the rendezvous with Thunderbird 3 in space. I'll attend to number 5. Meanwhile, locate Dr. Grant. F.A.B. This is Assembly Control. Radio Control, lifting body 2. About to take up. So we have a potential imposter situation aboard the MEV. Scott's going to check that out. Everybody okay? Yeah, yeah, fine. Everything's just fine. Oh, that's that's the response of a misteron, I think. And how about you, Dr. Grant? Are you okay? I keep quite still, Doctor. There's something wrong with your face. What's wrong with your face? And this is one of the rare occasions where International Rescue actually meet the Hood face to face. Allow yourself ten seconds before coming through this door after me. Otherwise, you might get your head blown off. Yeah, it's, it's very strange considering that, you know, the Hood is International Rescue's arch enemy, but he never appeared in that many episodes of the show. And his main sort of, like, sort of confrontation moment with International Rescue was... Uh, was Desperate Intruder, where he just sort of hypnotises them off-screen. It's very rare to see him actually, uh, like, holding a gun on any of I can see the gentleman in question ahead, lady. He's just leaving the control tower in a motor car. Right, Parker. Away we go. Now, you'll find the real Dr. Grant somewhere in this building here. Right. Oh. But the, the bathroom? Uh, no, you don't have to go in there. The missile store. Block F. Oh, missile store. And locate the whereabouts of Dr. Grant. We don't know his condition, but providing he's okay, bring him over to central control immediately. We're still sending him into space. He doesn't get out of it that easily. How do you know all this? A pretty little bird told me. He's got a good start at this, lady. Yes, I can see him down below. My guess is he's making for that motorboat by the jetty. Ooh. Oh, it's that jetty with the three on the side that uh, appeared in quite a few Stingray promotional pictures, in fact. It's your useless fact for the day. Dr. Grant. Just fine. There was no violence. He just held me at gunpoint, tied me up, and locked me in the missile store. It was one of those very civilized kidnappings that you hear so much about. I love that line. I, that's just one of those lines where the writer put it down on paper and then evidently never looked at it again. Oh, glorious stuff. So much for the good luck charm given to me by Lady Penelope. Mm. So we can see now those little transmitter inside the thing. Because oh. International Rescue think of everything. This is a, another lovely chase between the boat, which is uh, making its way for, away from the jetty, and Fab One straight off the edge of the pier. Take off, lighting. I'm wondering how much of this new Zero X launch sequence is. Uh, just uh, just replayed footage from the uh, the first time round. Anyway, cut into that, we have the uh, Penelope and Hood chase scene. The helicopter, the lady. And no doubt it's Emily Hall. Well, let's hope they attack Parker. Then we may have an opportunity to shoot it down. Are we playing a bit of murder today, milady? You seem to be a bit bloodthirsty and all. Yeah, that was very callous from Penelope. Oh, yeah, I hope I get the chance to kill somebody today, Parker. I haven't done that for at least, all 
six hours. Stand by to take evasive action, Parker. Yes, belady. This um, aircraft that's attacking them, this uh, army helicopter, um, I don't think we really get a good, good glimpse of it in this film. But it does look like a very, a very nice design. Again, it's not, um, it's not too far removed from the real world, but also it does have that sort of sci-fi edge to the design. I don't think we see it uh, in any other show or series either, probably because of uh, what's about to happen. Thank you very much. That's it. We've hit the helicopter with the hood on board and... Hmm. Well, that would seem to be that for the hood. I don't think there's much point in looking for survivors, Parker. No, m'lady. Oh, Parker's taking his hat off, though. That's quite sweet. Look, m'lady. Oh, this shot is lovely. What a magnificent sight. Parker watching Zero X taking off through the clouds. That is lovely. So yeah, as far as they're concerned, the hood is now dead. Dead and finished. We're not even going to bother looking for survivors or anything. Just a nice bit of cold-blooded murder. And everybody's happy. Height, 50,000 feet. And Zero X's second launch seems to have gone uh, much more successful than the first. And looking at the Zero X uh, cockpit set, I think a lot of that was reused in, Zero X is entering in Captain Scarlet and Joe 90. I want to say it was like the um, okay, uh, the V-17 Alpha bomber in, in flight to Atlantica and uh, the uh, splashdown plane as well. I could be wrong, but the ceiling and a lot of the controls look very similar. Start countdown for chemical rocket. Commence of countdown coming up on computer. We're having a countdown to the countdown. Stand by to release lifting bodies. Standing by. Although that's not so unusual. We, we, we now have trailers for trailers, don't we? But this is a film that likes its countdowns. Height, 120,000 feet. Increase rate of ascent to 6,000 feet a minute. And that's Alexander Davion as uh, co-pilot. Um, oh, I can never remember their names. It's Greg, Greg Martin. Um, yeah, who uh, sadly only recently passed away back in September. So he was the, yeah, he was the last surviving member of the Zero X crew. I think they've all left us now. Paul Maxwell, Neil McCallum, Ports, chemical rockets, five seconds. Bob Monkhouse there, and and Charles Tingwell, all gone. Airspeed three thousand knots, four thousand, five thousand. I do also really like the look of most of the uh, Zero X crew here. Computer reports jettison nose cone ten seconds. Roger. Maybe not so much. Um, Brad Newman, he looks a bit, he looks a bit sort of flat-faced, but the rest of the crew look really suitably, uh, uh, yeah, suitably big-screen quality. Zero X, lifting bodies and nose cone jettison. Escape velocity reached. We are leaving Earth's atmosphere. Oh. So, screw you guys, we're off to Mars. That, that almost seems like the moment where you should say, um... He should admit to some crime or some infidelity or something. It's like, and you can't catch me now. I'm off to Mars. Oh, and is that supposed to be Mars glowing in the distance? You can. It's a again a beautiful shot in the cockpit of um, the 
the blue of the sky fading out to the black of space with stars, and it looked like one of the stars was uh, a bit brighter than the others. And accelerating to 100,000 miles per hour. International Rescue calling Zero X. May we offer our congratulations on a superb liftoff. Fortunately, our services were not required, although I can tell you now that a sabotage attempt was made just before liftoff. But we took care of it. Now I guess so in that sense, our services uh, were required. Dr. Grant has just told us about the sabotage attempt. The only thing we really want to say is, thanks. Well, it's been a hectic time for all of us. How about us all getting together tonight over a drink? I hear there's a fab nightclub called the Swinging Star near my hotel. F.A.P.? It's got, it's got smile ahead on for that. I just happen to be monitoring your... Virgil's not going to miss a party either. Well, what do you say, Virgil? Are you game? I sure am. Oh, and I think on that note, we will uh, leave it there for today for Thunderbirds Argo. Zero X has successfully launched, and uh, even though we've got half a film left to go, I'm sure nothing could possibly go wrong now. Uh-oh. I've jinxed it, haven't I? Ow. Oh, means I have to come back next week. Um, see you then. Thank you.